0: Tour, Tour, Tour junkies. Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the 2021 Open Championship from Royal St. George's over there in England, mate. We are the Tour Junkies. This is the DraftKings Picks and Preview Show. I'm your host, DB, with my co host and partner in crime, as always, Mr. Patrick H. Perry. Pat, how you doing tonight, buddy? You ready to get this going? It's the last major of the year, with last major of this stretch of majors we've enjoyed over
1: the last six, eight months. You feeling good, man? I am feeling good, ready to go. Um, I think it's going to be a good week. It's hard to believe we're down to the last major of the year, especially after, like you said, that huge stretch of majors we've had. Uh, so, and we get to the home of golf, you know, the Open Championship and whatever else. So excited. Ready to go. As always, presented
0: to you by the best place to study, to do research, to do stats, to do data. If you want to do some data, or maybe you don't, fantasynational.com slash TJ is the one-stop shop that you need to get it done. We've been using Fantasy National now for four or five years. It's the best site out there, I promise you, and the the best value, the most comprehensive. So if you're betting on golf in any capacity, whether it's DraftKings or FanDuel or one-and-done leagues or season-long leagues with your buddies or you're just betting outrights or head-to-heads or top 20s or whatever, FantasyNational.com has everything you need to get it done, and it's the only site we use. Everything you hear us reference on tonight's podcast or any podcast, for that matter, that we use is all coming from Fantasy National. So we we know the people that built it. We trust them. All their data is straight from the PGA Tour. They get all the strokes gained data from the Tour, so it's licensed and you know it's good. It's pure, baby. It's freaking pure. Pure data at Fantasy National, and if you go to FantasyNational.com slash TJ, you get 20% off your any membership that you choose. You can do weekly, monthly, annual memberships. Uh, You can test drive it. Get it for the week. Get it right now for the open, if you haven't. Get it right now. Try it for the week. You're going to love it, and then you can upgrade to either the monthly or the annual membership, and you still get to keep the 20% off as long as you sign up with the promo code and the website FantasyNational.com slash TJ. So we really appreciate them. More to come about Fantasy National here in just a moment. Pat, we've got an incredible show lined up tonight. I am excited. First off, what are we drinking tonight, baby? I am going to do what you did the other night the other night. Or no, you did the triple. Did you do the triple? Yeah, I did the triple. The triple wasn't. I didn't get any triples. So this is the the side bay. This is the 16 ounce side bay double IPA from our friends at Wild Leap. Harrison is asking in the chat what are we drinking tonight? Not your Harrison, so that's good. He's normally every now and then he gets on the show. Yeah um yeah so for to me tonight i'm you know normally i'm 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 liquor i'm doing some liquor but tonight mm. it's uh it's beer in an ice cold frosted glass for me it looks like you got a little beer tonight too pat
1: i do have a beer um is is it okay if it's not a wild leap no it's a wild leap it's a wild leap it's a wild leap uh ale it's really good it's fantastic It's fantastic. It's a wild thing. God, look at that right
0: there. Golly, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you should hit the like button for that. Look at that. God, that is just beautiful. I'm going to enjoy that. We're going to have a great show tonight. Um, Listen, it's a big week ahead. A lot of content coming at you. Last week, we mailed it in. We told you we were going to mail it in for the John Deere, okay? And we did. This week, no such thing. Here we are on a Sunday night recording the Open Championship DraftKings preview uh, on Monday night, we're going to record the betting show, hoping to see more betting options and lines out there for the betting show. So we're going to hit that tomorrow night. Um, the Chalk Bomb's coming back this week after predicting the Bryson DeChambeau miscut at the Rocket Mortgage. So the Chalk Bomb heater has begun. The 10 Facts are back. Obviously, DB's Big Balls betting card is keeping rolling. Pat's not-that-anyone-really-cares betting card will be found on Twitter in the Nut Hut. We've got the ACs. FBS. Hold on. I'm, I'm okay, working so. through it. You got AC's DraftKings preview write-up, which is a comprehensive article about the golf course, about our picks and his picks and all kind of good stuff. You've got the pivot point from Tim Gaiman, two guys you should consider pivoting to because of ownership. You've got the Fantasy Golf Sommelier, which I know Pat is cooking up a little something special this week for the Fantasy Golf Sommelier video found only on our YouTube channel. So if you're not watching that, I don't know what you're doing. Pat,
1: do you want to give us a teaser on that, or you 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 want to keep it all close to the chest? No, no, no teasers at all. It obviously will have a very uh, open championship type feel to it. Um, okay, so we'll see, we'll see. And
0: of course,
1: the Nut Hut is going to be
0: popping all week, um, man. First of all, I got to congratulate our Nut Hut listener league winner. You know, every week we we have the listener league there in the Nut Hut, and the winner gets a spot in the finals in just a few weeks, Pat. And if you win the finals, you get a chance to come to Augusta and play golf with us at Champions Retreat or, or you can choose Savannah and go play the landings with me and Pat and just have yourself a tour junkies weekend with me and Pat. And it's going to be fantastic. All expenses paid. It's an incredible opportunity. And the winner every week gets a, ch- a spot in the finals. And guess who won? I won, you mother. I won. I did. I owned all y'all suckers with a massive lineup. Just a very simple defeat in the Nut Hut Listener League. And you know what, the guy who finished second, I think, uh, I don't, I think it was Trey, who was it, Trey or somebody, Trigg some, something, I don't know what his name is, but you lose, and I'm sorry. You actually already have a spot in the finals, so I would, you know, if you didn't have a spot in the finals, I would feel worse about it. But we don't, we don't award second place here at to the Tour Junkies. You, you, you ain't first, you're last. You got beat by me, and, um, and yeah, that's all she wrote. So uh, now, <clears throat> I do want to take this opportunity to talk about something that I do think is important. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but this, is a, yeah. this could be a just-the-tip segment, honestly. Uh, Trip Z. Yeah, Trip Z was our second-place winner. Shout-out. Um, if you do a listener league for a small amount of money, maybe, or you play cash, you play a cash lineup for a small, small amount of money, whatever, if, you, know, you do that, always put your, that lineup in a GPP. Just in case. Just put it in a GPP. Please. Even if please. you say, hey, I'm going to do a cash lineup and I'm going to do a GPP lineup. And I'm going to do, you know, three cash games, three cash entries and 10 GPP entries. Make one of those GPP entries your ca- the same as your cash entry. Just do it. I did not. I did not. I got some last minute information. Last minute information on Wednesday night from a source, trusted source, used to be a trusted source, uh, late Wednesday night about Adam Schenk. And I had, um, I had, I had a good share of Adam Shank in my player pool. And it was negative information about Mr. Schenck. And I took him out of all my lineups except for the Listener League lineup. Um, had I, and I replaced him with, I think, Satoshi Kodaira, who missed the cut. Mm. Had I kept him in the lineups that I I, I took him out of, I would have had a much better week than I did, and at one point, would have really had a good week. So I'm actually grateful he ended up not winning, and Lucas Glover won, uh, because it made it made the pain a little less. But lesson to everyone, everyone put your cash lineup or your little listener league dinky lineup, or if you play in a little side league with your buddies for like five bucks, always put that lineup in some GPP, even if it's a small GPP. Just put it in there, okay in case it hits. And I've been doing this six years, and I just didn't do it. So I'm an idiot, but I did beat all y'all suckers in the nut hut. And shout out to my team, by the way. Uh, I think it's uh, the Liger Woods team in the general nonsense pool because we just owned all y'all little f- puppets. That's what we did. We owned y'all. Me and Karidi up there, DB up there, y'all got waxed. And I know, you're, I, know you're, I know you're not happy about it, but it happened, and you need to deal with it. Okay, um moving on. So that's a little bit about the content this week. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be chock full of stuff. We had a ton We also had a ton of people in the in the nut hut win a bunch of money, a bunch of money. So, shout out. In fact, producer Sam, Pat, I don't even know if you were on for this. I just heard before the show, producer Sam had an outright on Lucas Glover.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I was there. I heard it. I heard it.
0: I Good think he was the only person Sam. that had an outright on Lucas Glover.
1: There's no I, way. I, I'm. I can't believe I didn't. Because usually I like. I mean, you know me. I love uh, to put something yeah. on Lucas. But uh, yeah. I thought it was just going to be a putting contest. I didn't think yeah. he was going to be able to putt his way to a victory.
0: And yeah, he did. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Um, it's pretty insane. Listen. Um, before we get into, I, I think I, I think we should do this now. We got a lot of listeners watching live right now. We appreciate you watching live on YouTube. You guys are the best. Be sure and hit the thumbs up button. Give it a like. Give it a subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we would appreciate that. And, um, you know, if you're, not, if you're not watching live and you're watching after we recorded it, leave us a comment. Leave us a comment. What's like the, uh, what, you know, uh, I don't know. Give us a comment on something. I don't know. Give us your favorite, uh, your favorite thing about England, whatever that is. Your favorite thing about England. Listen, we have a fun segment coming up. We have Nut Up or Shut Up, which is the new game show that we unveiled just last week for the first time ever. Our very first contestant, Josh Kissler, won uh, the, the Nut Up or Shut Up game. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. We've got a new contestant tonight, and actually, Producer Sam, you don't have to bring him up yet, but I think, I think we're going to go ahead and get to that, and then we'll get into the strategy and all that stuff after that. We're going to spend ample time on the DFS picks and the DraftKings picks, but we want to have a little fun first. And we want to hopefully give away a really cool prize. Very cool prize tonight is up for grabs. Our friends at Fantasy National Golf Club have decided that if our contestant tonight wins, the, uh, wins the, the nut up or shut up game, he will get a free year subscription to Fantasy National. And if he's already a member, that year will be tacked on to your existing membership. So that's like a $200-something value right there from Fantasy National. So, you know, check it out, fantasynational.com slash TJ, where you go to get 20% off that membership. And if he loses, we're just going to tell him to go use the promo code and buy it anyway. But hopefully, he's not going to lose. It's going to be a fun game. He's a, a longtime uh, Nut Hut member. He's won, I'm pretty sure he's won a few contests. He's, he's won some money in DFS. Uh, now, keep in mind the Nut Hut contestants are only chosen from Nut Hut member pools. We're not going to pick you if you're not a Nut Hut member. So get off me and don't, don't slide up in our DMs trying to suck up we could be bribed though we probably could be bribed i would i would think um, tonight pat's going to be our lovely host how about that you excited for that pat
1: yes i'm very excited okay um,
0: why don't we uh why don't we get ready for the best uh the best game in the dfs streets nut up or shut up bam 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 nut up or shut up nut up or shut up nut up nut up, nut up or shut up there you go. I just made that, um, I made that up
1: right there, that made jingle. the theme song? Yeah, I made Nut the up jingle up right there.
0: All right, uh, Producer Sam, why don't you bring in our contestant tonight for Nut Up or Shut Up, Mr. Alan Klutz. What up, Alan? What's up, boys? Can you hear me? We, we got you, man. You're on a little bit of a delay, like you're in outer space, but it's okay. It's a lovely backdrop you got there. You're doing some gardening, some flowering or something you got going on. You got a green thumb on you there, Alan?
2: Well, I'm actually
0: visiting some family in Chicago right now, so Praise hanging God. hanging out in Chicago, but uh, making a little time here for uh, for my two favorite boys. Oh, listen, Alan, we appreciate it. Longtime Nut Hut member, I think you're probably early in there. We appreciate it. Um, are you ready for this tonight? You excited?
2: Oh, absolutely! Let's do it.
0: Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right, a little bit okay. of a delay. A little bit of a delay. Here we go. Um, All right, Alan, what we're going to do, Pat's going to ask you the questions. Now, here's the deal. Neither one of you guys know this yet, but you both, Pat is going to ask you the questions in a British accent. All the questions will be asked in a British accent, and Alan, you will have to answer in a British accent, okay? There there are multiple choice questions. You're going to be asked eight questions. You just have to get five correct. If you get five correct, you win the prize from fantasy national and one time you may ask the chat for help if you can't see the chat we will help you uh we will help you we'll we'll tell you what's up in the chat so you have to answer the questions in a british accent the whole time we will not accept the answer okay do you understand everything so far
1: Cheerio, Governor. Oh, okay. All right. Look at him. Hey, there we go. Oh, there we go. I'm excited God. about this. You didn't tell me that we were going to have to do this. I feel like I'm going to have to like ask these questions like the <laughs> starter at the Open Championship. Yes. You know? Yes. The guy is like, on the tee from yes. England, Lee Westwood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you should give Alan that intro
0: right now. On the tee for Not Up okay. or Shut Up. All right. Now, Pat, remember, I will tell him if the answers are correct or not. Okay? All right. Okay. Take
1: it away. Okay, on the T, from somewhere in the U.S., uh, was it, where are you from,
2: Alan? <laughs> Ann Arbor, Michigan.
1: Okay. On the T from Ann Arbor, Michigan, Alan Kutz. <laughs> who stands as the youngest ever winner of the Open oh, Championship? Nice. Is it A, Jordan Speed?
2: B, Tiger Woods? C, Bobby Locke? Or D, Young Tom Morris? I'm going to go with D, Young Tom Morris.
0: It is Young Tom Morris. Well done, well done. He got the first one right. All right, Pat. Okay. Which of these is not part of a full English
2: breakfast? Baked beans? Avocado, blood pudding, or sausages? A full English breakfast. Let's go with.
0: You can ask the chat, remember.
2: Let's go with avocado. we'll go with avocado there we go got
1: it okay okay number three he has played in the last five open championships but only made the cut once is it a adecky b gary woodland from kansas c shane lowry d
2: phil mickelson don't forget the british accent alan I am going to go with the Irish bear, Shane Lowry. Oh, yes! Very nice. Three
0: for three. Wow, Wow. he he might sweep this thing. All right, here we go. Name the James
1: Bond villain. Villain. (laughs) Villain. Uh. Listed among these players Ernst Blofeld Yacko Owlers Sam, I'm gonna kill you for these names. <laughs> F you Sam, I know you did this on purpose. Eust
2: Luton or Cole Hammer. <sighs> Pat, can you repeat it one, one time? No. <laughs> yes. Name of the James
1: Bond villain <laughs> listed among these players. Ernst Blofeld, Jaco Ehlers, Eust Luton, or Cole Hammer?
2: Uh... Let's go with the second one.
0: Mm, that is incorrect. Uh, that uh. was You said Jocko Ehlers. It was actually Ernst Blofeld was the James Bond villain. Gotcha. All right. He's, he's
1: three for four. Next question. Which of these gentlemen is a local car dealer in Sandwich, UK? <laughs> Not an actual golfer who has qualified for the Open Championship field. J.C. Ritchie Poom, sec, Sassenen. Wait, let me say that
2: one again. Poom, success, Sassenen.
1: Malcolm Waite. or Dean <laughs> Dean Burmester. <laughs>
2: I'm going to go with C. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> good yeah. Good job. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Was it, you
0: mean it wasn't Poom su- Success? <laughs> <laughs> poom Success.
1: Okay, you got uh, four right. All you got to do is get one more, Alan. You're doing please. good. Please, God, Alan. Come on. <laughs> this famous golfer is rumored to have romanced the, ju- the Duchess of Sussex. <laughs> The Duchess of Success, Sussex,
2: Sussex, Sussex,
1: Greg Norman, <laughs> Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, or young Tom Morris. <sighs>
2: I'm going to ask
0: the chat on this one. Uh, I have a suspicion. I think I know what it is, but I want to ask the chat I on this one. just want to be safe?
1: Okay, <laughs> okay, I'm <trying>. okay chat. <laughs> should, I, should I ask the chat?
0: No, yeah, the All chat right. is, can see the question. So the famous golfer rumored to have romanced with the, the what, Pat? <laughs> the Duchess of Sussex. There <laughs> we go. This is it Greg Norman, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, or Young Tom Morris? Oh, God. Alan, can you see the chat, or do we need to tell you what's up? Uh oh it looks like the chat doesn't really uh, know what's going on.
2: I can c I think I kinda see it. Um, but if you wouldn't mind just telling
0: me. So far you're getting no help. Nobody <laughs> so, knows. Yeah,
2: it might have
0: been a bad a bad uh ask the chat. Let's see. Can anybody help him? Oh, there's a there's a Rory. There's, there's a, a Rory. The but who knows if Alex knows what the hell he's talking about. Uh, okay, you got you got three Rories now. By the way, Meghan Markle is the Duchess of Sussex. That's a hint from, uh, from Sam. So that probably you rules know what? out let's, young Tom Morris. Let's go with
1: Rory. Let's go with Rory.
0: <laughs> Rory is the final answer after asking the chat, which I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not the chat will, will, when it all shakes out in the end, be one you can trust or not here on uh, Nut Up or Shut Up. But Rory is the answer given by Alan Klutz, needing one more answer correctly to get the Fantasy National Prize. And he's done it. Congratulations, Alan. He didn't even need all the questions. Fantastic work by you. Fantastic work by Pat. That was very amusing for me. I, I, uh, we're going to have to go back and watch this again to see the, the pronunciation issues. But, uh, Alan, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for supporting Tour Junkies and, and being a Nut Hud member. And enjoy your uh, likely additional year to Fantasy National, because I'm sure you're probably already a member.
2: yeah um like i said thank you guys you guys are the best god bless our sweet prince cameron davis yes uh hit that 110 to one last week so nice didn't hit one this week but
0: we got you know it's open championship week boys let's get it let's get it thanks alan we appreciate it man we're gonna have a good show after that that's a good start we we appreciate it have a good time with the family and i will see you later all right take it easy boys thanks again thanks alan (laughs) That, that, was, that was beautiful, man, I got to say. That was, uh, that was beautiful. He did a great job there. Alan did a great job coming through. He, he did pretty good. I mean, he, did, he didn't even have to get all the questions in there. He nailed it. That was Nut Up or Shut Up presented to you by Fantasy National. We appreciate those guys this week helping us out. Alan's going to get a free membership there for a year. That's good stuff. You never know when your number's going to get called for Nut Up or Shut Up. Uh, you got to be a Nut Hut member, though that's for sure so there you go let's move on pat and talk about this golf course royal st george's is a beaut it's a real beaut and uh it sits there right there sandwich sandwich kent england you know yeah right there uh you know right there near the north sea it's beautiful place tell us about the golf course what you know and some thoughts
1: yes so royal st george's golf club this week it is a par 70 playing seven thousand one hundred eighty nine yards so not terribly long compared to uh, tour standards you got 156 players in the field low 70 in ties will make the cut at the open championship so pay attention to that cut rule um it is a traditional links course positioned on the southeast coast which leaves it very open to the elements with hardly any trees uh this is actually the location for the first open championship held on english soil Um, But it is traditionally proven to be a very difficult uh, course and tough to score on. Greens and fairways are a mix of thick grass with fescue, which is uh, pretty common here. A lot of fescue around here. Rough is obviously thick fescue as well. Uh, The tournament, you know, the course typically would play pretty firm and fast. We have heard from some folks over there, though. They've gotten a lot of rain in the area and it is very green. Uh, And a little more luscious than it might normally be this time of year. So, I think that could be something that we want to look at. Um, You know, there's a ton of slopes and runoffs on this golf course, extremely deep bunkers, which you've got to avoid, whether it's um, off the tee or around the greens. They are very difficult to get out of if you get it into the bunkers here. And then, once you do get it on the greens, you know, they can run pretty quick. And like I said, they got a lot of slope all over the place. I mean, this is the type of course and really link style golf is this way where you can hit what you think is a great shot and it turns out to be a crappy shot. So you got to have a lot of patience around these type courses. There can be weather issues. We might see that. We'll have to look at that as the week goes on. And we'll talk about that. I'm sure a lot Mm -hmm. in the nut hut because weather waves can be very important when it comes to the open Championship. But I I really believe almost any style of player can win here. If it is playing a little softer than normal, then I do think, um, you know, could obviously bring in some of these longer players uh, in, you know, with with more of an advantage. But still, you know, on a relatively shorter course by tour standards, I think almost any type player can win here. I like the guys that are imaginative, you know, that have a lot of uh, just feel for the game. You know, they aren't robots out there. They know how to hit it in different winds. They know how to play in the weather. Um, They know how to, you know, just really create shots and control their ball on this golf course, which is what you got to do. So for me, looking at stats, you know, definitely looking at form, I'm looking at ball striking. I think you can look on Fantasy National at ball striking, you know, long-term and windy AF conditions. That might be something you want to look at as well. Always looking at approach play and your traditional good putters uh, just, you know, guys that, you know, can putt well on surfaces like these that they're not, you know, playing all the time. But they traditionally are, you know, just great putters and they have really good short games. Um, you look at past champions of the Open Championship, obviously no tournament last year. We had Shane Lowry in 2019 and 2018, Francesco Malinari, Jordan Spieth in 2017, Henrik Stenson in 16, and Zach Johnson in 2015. A uh, couple of notable champs here, Greg Norman in 1993, won here, Ben Curtis out of freaking nowhere, won here in 2003. And then Darren Clark was your last champion at this golf course. And that was in 2011, where I believe DJ and Ricky Fowler were up there, uh, in the top 10 that year, just a couple notes, um. That's all I got right now on the course, DB. I'm sure you got a few notes here to add, but it uh, should be a good test for these guys and uh, excited to see them get started on Thursday morning. By the way, remember that, okay? Early, all right? We're a time difference, all right? Let's be smart about this, okay? You got to get your lineups in early. Got to get them going. Don't get caught, you know, forgetting that there's a time difference, Yeah. which would be stupid, but still, yeah. there's probably people that do it. Dumbass!
0: <laughs> listen if you guys were on the show a couple weeks ago when pat got mad and walked off and went on the epic rant and you think me and producer sam did not grab a bunch of sound bites off of that and now loaded them up into the sound soundboard you're you've lost your mind
1: yeah of uh, course you did.
0: <clears throat> pat fantastic course breakdown there yeah we uh i've got some things to add for sure and i want to talk a little bit of strategy a little bit of theory stuff reminders you know, a lot of times with these major championships, we get a big uptick in listenership. I think it's a lot of new people or people that are just dipping their toe in or they're not super regulars at this. So I want to remind those folks of a few things. But also, how about Ben Curtis one here in 2003? Remember him? He used to wear like the NFL teams and like the the yeah, Major League yeah. Baseball teams on his hat. I did hat. just bring that up. No, you did? He, I just was thinking about his hats. Remember his sponsors? Yeah, he
1: used, he did the... Um... Didn't Payne Stewart used to do that too, though? Did, did he? he copy that from Payne Stewart? Oh gosh, I don't know.
0: That was more your era, but I do remember Ben Curtis doing that.
1: I could be wrong, but I know I do you, you are right. Curtis did do that.
0: We've already talked to a couple folks that are that are there on site, but we've also talked to our boy Ash Morrison, who's who's done some writing for us over there on the on the European tour. Ash lives less than an hour from this golf course. He's played it a bunch of times. He's got uh, a bunch of his members at his club that are, that are over there as volunteers. So he's been sending us a lot of information. He's the one that was kind of telling us that the course is a lot softer, a lot greener than you would like to see it for traditional links, firm and fast. But he still thinks, you know, while, yes, it's going to play a little longer than, than what typically it would play, that it's still, like Pat said, is going to kind of be opened up to a lot of different players, the bombers, the, the more accurate types. Um, he talked about the bunkering being very important in the fairways that, you know, the bunkers are so penal that it's a lot, you know, on the PJ tour, we see guys like tempt, you know, th- bombers, like go ahead and say, I'm just going to try to carry the hell out of that bunker. But they know that if they get in the bunker, it's not that big a deal. Like over there, he said, they're going to think twice because those fairway bunkers are extremely penalizing. Um, and that if you're going to try to take them on, you better feel good about your, your ability to take them on. Um, other than that, you're going to want to place your ball in the fairway and be ready to go. He also mentioned because I, I was I watched a couple videos and flyovers on the course, and he talked about some of these greens being pretty undulating. I actually find these greens to have kind of a mix, right? There's some that are pretty undulating. I noticed a couple that were like really flat, but I also noticed they weren't your typical like St. Andrew style greens, right? Where they were super big. There, there's a couple of them that are pretty big, but there's a lot. There's a few that are pretty small. And yeah, and Ash. Not huge yeah ash confirmed he's like they're not typical like super tiny or t- super massive you know links greens with like all these different levels on them and stuff um definitely the course is going to play linksy because it's wide open there's one tree on the golf course and it's behind number three i think the par three or next to number three but uh you know and, and it's coastal and there's a lot of sand and dunes and you know you're the ball's still going to be played on the ground despite it being soft but um it's going to be an interesting test. It looks like a really nice course. And, and like you mentioned, you know, it's never really produced really high scoring, right? I mean, I think Greg Norman won at 13 under, but he basically lapped the field that year. Other than that, five under has been the best number. So, you know, I think anywhere from that four to six, seven under is probably where we're looking. Uh, so, as you said... The, the right mentality to win and play the Open matters. And I think when you look at Open champions, you see a lot of old-timers, right? You see some veterans in there. Experience tends to matter on the, at the Open a lot. Uh, a lot more than, say, the U.S. Open or the PGA Championship. Experience matters. Patience matters. Being able to deal with tough breaks because you get tough breaks in these bunkers. You get tough breaks in this fescue. You get the, the tough side of the weather draw. Um, and and, you know, things change on a dime in terms of weather out there. So being able to accept that and grind it out is going to be an, another thing. Um, and the weather wave advantage is huge. You definitely have to look at that. I, I wrote this down. Do not, okay, hold on. You got to hold your bets. You got to hold your bets and you can't get too committed to your player pool prior to Wednesday. If, if you're here in the States, you just can't because we have seen massive weather advantages at the open championship. They all go off of the same, they all go off of one tee. It's not split tees. So it takes a long time to get these guys through the golf course. And there is a real advantage a lot of times. So if you're too committed, you can really find yourself on some guys that get the bad end of the draw and you play them anyway, and then you get screwed. So there you go. So I would say this is also a good week to kind of maybe not jump too early at your outright bets. Obviously that show we're going to hit you with tomorrow night, but the outright bets and like locking in, you know, players in your pool for DraftKings. I would kind of be more cautious this week. Let the information and the weather, like take shape and, and, and then go from there on Wednesday and really, you know, commit on Wednesday. You also see with maybe a few exceptions, maybe Darren Clark is one of the only exceptions in the last 10 years. Most of the winners here at the Open Championship come from that top 40 world golf ranking, top 50 world golf ranking. You know, we're going to talk about a lot of guys in the 7K, 6K range. They're going to present a lot of value, but you know, you got to have the guys that are going to win this golf tournament. Those guys are coming in the 10K, the 9K, and the 8K range. That that's where they're coming from. Historically, that's where they're coming from here. If we're talking DraftKings, so you know, thinking lineup construction. It's, it's one of those weeks because the other thing that happens at the Open all the time, and some of that may be because of the weather wave. But Pat, I mean, every year at the Open, you see more random
1: guys that, that make the cut or even finish like top 25 than any other major. Oh, for sure. I mean, and some of that is because you're getting a lot of European tour guys that are in here that some people may not know about, which is, makes, you know, which is one reason to, uh, that you can really gain a, a huge edge you know, listening to us or doing other research, going into the nut hut, things like that, because there's a lot of guys that you just don't typically see play over in the States and in most majors um, that will be playing this week and have been in good form and that could pop. And you're right. I mean, you just, we talked about Ben Curtis one here, Ben freaking Curtis. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's not, he wasn't a, he wasn't a European tour player when he was, when he won, but still, I mean, you're going to get guys up there that you're just going to be like who in the hell is that but that's what happens on courses like this um in yeah. tournaments like this um, because there is really just no particular style that can you know that is just definitely going to win here and um so yeah and i think that makes it fun it makes it exciting uh, yeah. and um you know but uh well yeah, yeah and it, and it so i'm saying that to say
0: like yes you want to nail some of those guys or have some of that ownership leverage uh, I guess what I'm saying is like even though there's a lot of that, we don't want to be too cute, right? You you want to ha- if you're playing DFS and you're trying to compete in these GPPs, you want to make sure you have the winner. You want to make sure you have plenty of guys in that top five, top ten, and and that may be with a sprinkle or two of some some random low owned dudes that finish in the top 25. Uh, and those happen, but you know you can't get too cute. I I want you know you can definitely afford to leave plenty of money on the table in DraftKings. The pricing is super soft. I mean. Yeah. John Rom at 11.3 or whatever he is, is, is pretty soft. It's like you can afford to leave $1,000. You can afford to leave $1,200 on the table in DraftKings and feel okay in some, if you're playing some, some you know, a handful of GPP entries. Um, but yeah, it's, you better make sure that you have a good piece of that 8K to 10K range because chances are your winner's going to come from there, right? And then let's see if we can get a couple of these randoms here in the bottom to kind of round it out for you. Um, but the weather wave, we can't stress enough, man. And again, that's why the nut hut's important. So go to tourjunkies.com. If you don't know what the nut hut is, that's our private member chat over in the, it's a discord server. It's $10 a month, $90 for the whole year. And you can join us and 450 or so members now in the nut hut over on discord. We have a blast every single week. We have so much fun there. Um, ton of people making friends, a couple of people making enemies. You know, um, I got my puppets over there, you know, and uh we're having a good time, right? And we're we're exchanging some information. We're all getting better, playing DFS and betting. Our weekly caddy inside information that we share or people that we know that are on site on the grounds, we share there exclusively in the Nut Hut. Um, and then you get twenty percent off anything you buy from the tour Junkie shop is also in the Nut Hut. So check it out, Tourjunkies.com. Uh, join Golby's. Just click on Golby's Nut Hut up there on TourJunkies.com. Ten bucks a month. That's super easy. Just try it out. We bet you'll like it. But come Wednesday night, we'll be in the chat room talking it up, talking about what the weather's looking like and where we're going, and ownership projections. We're gonna have plenty of ownership projections in there as well. You're gonna need to understand, uh, you know, what's going on there. And as always, you can eat some chalk. Right. We're gonna talk about who th- who are the chalky yeah. plays that we project in these ranges tonight. Um, And some of it you're gonna you're gonna want to go ahead and take down your gullet and eat it up, and some of it you're gonna not. And you, it's a stacked field. There's a ton of good names in here. You can't play them all. You shouldn't play them all. I guess you could play them all, but you shouldn't. You know what I mean? You want to get that player pool a little tighter and get ready to go. I think another thing to think about is the Ryder Cup standings. You know, there's a there's a bunch of names in here that are looking at the Ryder Cup, going, you know, I want to make sure I'm in that thing or I'm or I'm as close to the top 12 as possible. To get in the Ryder Cup, there's, there's not, you know, before we know it, those teams will be selected, and these guys are are going to want to jockey for position there for the Ryder Cup. So, those are all the things I think you got to kind of know and understand and put in your brain before you start picking names and and clicking through. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I think this is, I mean, the Open Championship is definitely the major where you know it's it's not just all about this. It's never all about the stats, I guess, but stats really play a, a huge factor in a lot of other majors, but this is one where it's just like, I mean, you can, I think you can, you can trust your gut a little more with it, with like, if you got a guy that you think just, you you feel like you you think he's got like a, a good natural ability to play courses like this. It's not going to get mad when he has, you know, hits a bad shot into the, the fescue somewhere that he thought was a great shot. Like, I mean, this is a, this is like a, just a mental grind type course. So I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can go. There's not just one way to do it. and uh, So trust your gut a little more this week, I think. That, that would be the one advice I'd give. you. Yeah, I kind of like that. I think that's a good take. I,
0: I do want to talk about the stats or you know, how we want to we get into that. I, before that, though, on Friday, this is also a pro move. On Friday, I'm going to take the day off. I'm just going to take the day off, and I'm going to get up mm-hmm. in the morning, and I'm going to turn the TV on, I'm going to start with a nice cup of coffee and probably a a, probably a shit. And then I am going to head to the golf course early and I'm going to have uh, one of my favorite beverages before I go out and have lunch and play golf and watch the open with my buddy. Uh, It's going to be a great day. I recommend you take it. You take the day off, take the day off and watch a lot of golf from the open. But when I when I have one of my favorite beverages on Friday on the golf course. It's going to be with Arnold Palmer spiked. It's a classic taste. You know, we, I, we love Arnie. I got to meet Arnie personally one time, hang out with Arnie at Augusta National. Uh, the tea and lemonade that we already know and love, but with 5% alcohol by volume, people. It's got real juice, brewed teas, a really smooth flavor, super easy going on the golf course, riding around with your boys. You can take a couple down in the summer. You could take a couple down in the winter, hot, cold, doesn't matter. You, it's uh, the arnold palmer spiked is the way to go on or off the golf course you know what i mean so uh it's just it's perfect if you're if you're just kicking back at the house watching the open if you're playing golf whatever it is the arnold palmer spiked is is what you need okay it's uh it's it's good it's classic refreshment and nothing beats an arnold palmer and it's got five percent alcohol by volume that's better than a lot of other you know a lot of other things that we won't mention it comes in multi-packs or tall, 24-ounce cans, perfect for sipping throughout the day. Or, you know, if you're, on the, if you're at the beach, like Pat, you go to the beach a lot. Or you're in the garden. He goes yeah. to the garden. A lot of people don't know that. packs. Um, yeah. I like
1: anything in a pack. I like.
0: Yeah, if it's got multipack and ABV, sign me up. Um, mm-hmm. So find Arnold Palmer Spiked in a store near you at ArnoldPalmerSpiked.com slash TourJunkies. Go to that website, y'all. Check it out. ArnoldPalmerSpiked.com slash TourJunkies. Uh, or search for it on drizzly and instacart that's arnoldpalmer.com slash tourjunkies 2021 hornell brewing company memphis tennessee malt beverage with natural flavors celebrate responsibly thank you arnold palmer spiked for hooking us up sending us some some ap uh some aps's you know uh with some abvs and let's get into it pat I want to talk about stats. Obviously, you can look at, at history at the Open Championship. Not a lot of guys played here in 2011, but there are a few, including the guy who won the John Deere today, Lucas Glover. But Open Championship record is something to look at. Recent form, I think, is probably the most important. And you can definitely just go on, like Pat said, like a little bit of gut. It's, it's a lot of confidence. It's a lot of like, you know, that, that strokes gain home life, just stuff's clicking. You don't necessarily have to be in the weeds of why it's clicking or what's clicking and what's not, but if it's clicking, that's good. You know what I mean? Um, I did, in terms of stats, I looked at a couple things. I pulled up on Fantasy National, driving distance, fairways gained, good drives gained, side-by-side for all the players. Just because I want to see, I don't have to have the bomber, I don't have to have just the short dink and dunker that, you know, doesn't hit it past the shadow. But I'd I'd like to see the balance for the players. I kind of want to see where they rank in both. Um, I looked at strokes gained approach, uh, strokes around the green, scrambling and getting up and down and being creative with wedges is going to be super important here. I mean, anytime you have a, a tough course where scoring is not going to be, you know, 10, 15, 20 under, that's going to play a role. Guys are going to have to get up and down and, and save pars, right? So around the green play is going to be going to be huge. I also looked at sand saves and I don't ever look at sand saves, but I actually looked at, I'm looking at a rolling report so short-term form to long-term form in sand saves just to give me an idea it's not something that like I'm gonna you know hang my hat on or if there, if a guy checks every other box but he sucks out of the sand I'm not gonna be mad about it but it is something that I want to know because if you're just a really garbage sand player and you find yourself in one of these pot bunkers you know these deep-faced bunkers greenside more times than not you're, it's gonna be bad and I, I just you know I want to try to see who's who's got it. And it might be a good little you know tiebreaker for me. Anything else for you on stats? Obviously, strokes no. can approach, yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I looked at approach. I uh, mentioned around the green for sure. Um, you know, I think just ball striking in general. I yeah. did look at ball striking um, in windy AF conditions. I threw that in there as just part of the model. I get didn't get any, like, divot, did not give it a weight, per se, but uh, just wanted to kind of see the guys that, over uh you know last 100 rounds uh we're good in those type conditions so um i like good drives gained here this week as well and then i think bogey avoidance i think in any major bogey avoidance especially when you know you're talking about you know a a grind lower scores that kind of thing like we see at the u.s open i like to to throw in a bogey avoidance uh, is something that you want to look at as well guys that don't tend to you know you know make make a lot of bogeys and they make a lot of pars and 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 they're pretty steady. So. I like that. Yeah, that's another
0: that's another good one. Um okay. Let's get into it, Pat. Let's talk about the 9k and above range on DraftKings. You know, all the things we just said and all the things we said about like not locking into your players until, you know, Wednesday until you see the tee times and weather wave and all that, is Sunday night, okay? This is Sunday night we're recording this. We're going to give you our our favorite players in each range and our fades in each range as of Sunday night. So things are going to change by the time you read articles on our website, by the time you get the Hut chat, things are going to be different. Ownership's going to take shape. Weatherways are going to take shape. You know, all the stuff we're going to get from the course is going to be shaped up. So just pump your brakes if uh, if things look a little different by the end of the week. And don't kill us if you're like, you said you liked this guy on the show, and then you said you didn't like him in your betting card, or you just... Doing stuff weird. <laughs> so just don't do that. Um,
1: dumbass. Yeah. Uh, so let's get that's into it. That's going to be your favorite. I love
0: like, it. Like, <laughs> because that's going
1: to be, oh my God. Me
0: and Sam fun. were talking about it before the show. You sound like such an old man. You sound like old man yells at cloud guy, right? You're like, dumbass. <laughs> it's like so, yeah. oh, it's so good. You're welcome, Sam. Yeah, You're thank welcome. you, man. We had a good laugh at that. All right, um, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way because, you know, the people are expecting this of me. My fade, and I'm going to start with the fade, is Bryson. F it. I'm not buying Bryson at the Open Championship, and I'm probably not the only one, and I'm sure there's probably some contrarian views out there, and I get it. Um, Listen, Bryson DeChambeau is good enough to win anywhere on the planet. He really is. Uh, But I just think chances are he's not ready to win the Open this year not based on everything going on his recent play. Uh, you know, his record here so far, he's got two missed cuts and a T 51 at the open championship. If you look at previous winning trends over the last 10 years, uh, they all had much, at least one top, I think 15 finish at an open championship prior to, uh, and he's sucked in it. He, he, according to fantasy national does not do well in the wind, in windy AF conditions. Is around the green game is what concerns me a lot. The scrambling around the green, getting out of these bunkers, um, and being you know now Bryson is for someone who's who's the scientist right. Like he is pretty artistic. I don't think it's that he lacks the artistic ability to get up and down around greens. I actually think he just overthinks the hell out of it, and he shouldn't have a fifty-six degree wedge that's the length of a six iron. That's person. That's my personal opinion. It is completely unfounded, but I just think it's kind of ridiculous. But um, I, I just. I, I don't see him doing well around these greens. It, it concerns me a little bit. And then the caddy drama. Now, he did announce his new caddy is one of, the, uh, one of his teachers out of Dallas National, a guy who apparently has a great relationship with, who's been working with him for a long time, works with him on his swing, works with him on his distance. All that could be a great thing. I mean, Webb Simpson's caddy, Paul Tasori is also his coach. That could definitely work for him. I, I, I believe that it could. I, I don't, you know, will it be, Right off the bat, first event, great. I don't know, but I just know that there's there's a lot of stuff. I, there's just a lot of things that are distractions and just things that I feel like are kind of working against him here. So he's an easy fade for me. I, I really and I don't think I would even be. Tem- I'm not even going to be tempted to play him if he's like ten percent owned. I don't think I would. Now that's probably stupid. Game theory would probably tell you if Bryson's like ten percent. You play Bryson. The win equity is so amazing, and he could he could hit here at any point. But I just I don't I'm just not buying it. I don't know that I could be talked into him. So he's my fade. Uh, my favorite plays in this range. I guess I'm gonna I guess th- there's four that I'm trying to decide between. I, I'm gonna only give you three. I'm gonna at least go ahead and tell you the the no brainer for me is Jordan Spieth. I think this is a Spieth week a hundred percent. I think this is a speed week, the, the, the wedge play, the creativity around the greens, the short game um, and everything else has been dialed his open championship record. He's just, he's there. The recent form, everything is pointing to a good Jordan Spieth week and I love it. Uh, so I'm full, full send on Spieth. I am full send on Brooks Kepka at ten seven. In fact, he is the highest price player for me. That's, uh, that's as high as I'm going with, uh, with in this range. It's going to be Brooks Koepka at 10-7. Coming off the 5th at the Travelers, the 4th at the U.S. Open, uh, the, the close call at the PGA. I mean, we know, we know what Brooks does in majors, right? And we know Brooks loves the Open Championship. He's got you know T4 in 2019, T6 in 2017. He came up, cut his teeth on the Challenge Tour over in Europe. A lot of people don't, don't know that or forget that. He didn't come up on the web.com, Corn Ferry Tour. He came up on the challenge tour. He played European tour style golf. He's quite familiar with this with this type of stuff and I think he enjoys it. I also think he just I, I don't know, he just he's a good he's a good grinder, right? Like that's I do think that's why he does well in major championships. He's level-headed. He's not going to get too worked up on a bad break or he he's just he just doesn't do it. So, I love Brooks here. I'm having a tough time between my next two. I'll only say one because you may you may mention one. Um I think I'm going to roll with Justin Thomas at 9600 It's too cheap. Now, me and producer Sam were just talking about JT before the show. You know, he, he looked a little out of sorts at the, uh, at the Scottish. He finished T8 at the Scottish Open just this past week, uh, topped the ball with his three wood. He did look a little out of sorts, okay? But he, he still finished T8, okay? And it's still Justin Thomas at $9,600. He also doesn't have the greatest Open Championship record, T11 uh, in 2019, the last time out. Um, and that's his best finish. Other than that, two missed cuts and a 53rd place finish. So not great for JT. But the, the ability for him to win on any course, I mean, you know, difficult courses, but if, if the scoring conditions are a little easier, I like it. The, uh, and the, the, the price tag of 9,600, you know, um, top 20 at the U S open when I don't, I don't think he had his best stuff there either. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think JT is interesting. Some of the trends do concern me a little bit. The approach play has been a little off the around the green game, the sand save stuff, long-term short-term is all solid. It really is going to come down to the iron play. And I think he got, I think he, I think he did okay here at the Scottish this past week. So T8, for, uh, T8 for, for JT this week of the Scottish. I, I think I'm going to ride with it. Let me see what his... Uh, let me pull this up. I want to see where he finished in greens and reg for the Scottish Open. All right. So, greens regulation, he was 83.3%, um, which was good for 14th in the, in the field. So, um, I mean, he was hitting greens and reg. Uh, yeah. So, he, he hit the ball well. Hit the ball better in, uh, at the Scottish Open. So those are my picks. There you go.
1: All right. Well, we have a lot of agreement here. um, And that makes me wonder. um, It'll be interesting to see. I think this whole range, the ownership is going to be interesting once we kind of see this get out there. But um, I am with you on the fate of Bryson. I think I just don't, I don't like his style of play here. Um, And I think that, I mean, you look at scrambling, I mean, he's 113th in the field. I mean, the guy's just, he just doesn't have it for me for this type of course. And so I'm going to fade him as well. Now, since that was one of your, that was your fade. DJ is looking like a fade for me right now. And I know he competed well here uh last time he, they played this course, but, and he just hasn't been doing anything lately, but there's also a part of me that wonders, like if we get DJ like later in the week, like really low owned. Um. Okay. Yeah, question. Has, you know, he,
0: if you had DJ and Bryson both projected at ten percent,
1: do you play either? If you do, which one do you play? Do you play both? I play DJ, okay. even though I think Bryson is is probably well is obviously better form this year. DJ would be the play. He's number one in the field in strokes game, ball striking in windy AF conditions. If you look over the last hundred rounds, so um, you know it's not like DJ hasn't shown that he can play. Um, you know these type courses as well, but I do think right now he's a fade um Jordan was really my number one guy here at ninety seven hundred mm, I love Jordan. strong speed. agreement I, there, huh I think he is i mean a fantastic play I love him I don't mind the j t play either um you know outside of the top that he had in the uh which was you know all over social media he still- played really well. And if you get a lower own JT, I think that makes a lot of sense. I still am going to. I mean, John Rahm at eleven three. I'm sorry, I just cannot fade that. I, I think you can still play him at eleven three, and oh, can yeah, make up some fantastic lineups. The guy is the hottest player in the world. Could have won last week at the Scottish Open. So at eleven three, John Rahm is another one of my favorite plays there. And then I'm going to go down to the bottom. Mr. Get some sand in your eye and drop out of the U.S. Open. That is Victor Hovland at 9100. Absolutely love him this week. What did he do, by the way, after that withdrawal? He comes back and wins the BMW International. Now, it wasn't, you know, a great feel like we have. It was pretty strong. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. So, you know, I love Victor this week. Um, You know, you look at the stats for him. Approach. You know, ball striking. Yeah. I I, you know, I think the putting is the one thing that's going to be an issue. And then his scrambling the Scrambling, his scrambling his has improved. It, it has, has improved. This it has. Year. So, but I think we might get a little bit lower on Victor Hovland uh, than we've had at a major so far this year. So I like him at 9,100. So yeah, that's true.
0: Um, I do think you're going to get lower on uh, Vic. Um, the scrambling does worry me on him, though. It really does. But I mean, if he, if he is on, I mean, he can just pepper greens, pepper, pepper, pepper greens. So uh, he will be an interesting one to watch. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this range because you mentioned John Rom. I do think you can play, you can easily play John Rom. You can play any of these guys because the pricing is so soft and the mm-hmm. field is so deep. You can absolutely play these guys. So, like, we're giving you our favorite picks, but don't, don't feel, you know, I mean, if you got your guys you like, like, roll with it. There's no reason you shouldn't play John Rom unless you just, want to fade the ownership and you're going to eat the chalk somewhere else. And other than that, there is, I, we can't give you a reason to fade John Rahm. He's clearly the best player in the world right now. He's playing the best. Uh, his game suits a, 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 an open championship venue. Um, I think now more so than ever, his attitude suits an open championship, uh, tournament because he's, he's just shown that he's gotten over some of the, the mental issues that he seemed to have on the golf course. You can play any of these guys. You really can. Um, but I, I So I want to go through each range and mention to you guys who I think the chalk is going to be. And Pat, you feel free to chime in here. Now, me and Pat, every week we do not listen or read or watch or whatever anyone else's content before we record our own show so that we're not skewed by anybody. Uh, all we do is see what's on Twitter. So that's, that's it. So this is my guess. I think John Rahm is going to be popular. I think um, I obviously the way he's playing, he should be, right? And because the pricing is soft and deep, all the things I just said, that's why he's going to be popular. I think Xander is going to be pretty popular. I think Brooks is going to be popular. I think Spieth is going to be popular. And I think JT is going to be popular. So, um, I mean, the three guys I gave you are all guys who I think are going to be chalk in this range for sure. So I'm obviously willing to eat a little bit of it up here. I think Spieth is going to be, I think Speeth and Rom may be the two chalkiest names here. Um but, I think you could be right. I'm
1: surprised you didn't mention Usti. I I mean don't, Usti has played fantastic he last has second in the last two majors, and he just I think he was second in the PGA. he has, he but was,
0: man, it's, but it's, it's tough to play I mean it's tough to to pay the same price for Usti or or, or right there with him as Colin Morikawa Justin pay three hundred dollars more and get Justin Thomas, pay, pay 400 more and get Speeth like. If he were in the 8K range, 100%. And that's where he's been for these previous majors. But $9,300 Louie around these other names with the cachet they carry, I don't know. I don't think he's going to be as popular, which,
1: you know. Yeah, I just a, think you look at him, and he, he was one that almost kind of, I, I, the, and really one reason I didn't even mention him was because I thought he might be a little bit too chalky for GPP play. I really? still think you can play him, though. But, I mean, just you look at, his approach play right now. I mean, his, his ball striking bogey avoidance, he's top 10 in the field. And, you know, I mentioned that stat earlier. That's the reason he is always so good in major is because he just doesn't like have a ton of bad holes in majors. And he makes a lot of pars, makes a birdie every once in a while, puts extremely well level headed, you know, very creative around the golf course. He's obviously won an open championship before. Um, so I mean, if you were to point at Uzi winning a major, he almost won two this year. This is the one you would probably point at. Um, so if he is low owned, he could be another really good play this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, is there anyone in here that like no matter what, like if if is there anyone in here that you would say like if he is low owned, I I still not am not going to play him. Um, probably Bryson. Yeah. I think I'm probably there with you too. Rory's interesting. I mean, I don't he sucked at the Scottish last week, which isn't a big deal, but um obviously a tremendous open championship record. Um I don't know that I believe in what he's been doing lately with the uh with the short game and the I don't know. I don't know. Um he's spraying the ball off the tee too. Morikawa talked about how the Scottish Open this past week was his very first time playing Lynx golf. He'd never played Lynx golf before, like literally never. Uh, Scottish Open was his first time. He made the cut. And he he kind of middled around in the weekend. Um, I
1: would worry with his putting in general. The, you know, The putting is always not scary. Not being really yeah. that used to
0: this type surface. Um, but it's like if the winning score is going to be five under, and he, I mean... <laughs> He hits so many greens in regulation that even though he doesn't putt well, he doesn't make a ton of bogeys. He just misses a lot yeah, of birdie true. opportunities if he hits, you know, two birdies a day. <laughs> you know, and then I, I don't know. Like he he's one of those that in a, in conditions like this, even when he's putting like crap, yeah, um, he could win.
1: I, I worry more his about scrambling his... numbers are actually worse than you know, recently than than Hovland's.
0: Uh, that's not what I see. Stro scan around the green according in Fantasy National Uh, well, you're looking at last twenty. Yeah, I guess the. Yeah, I'm looking at the rolling report. So last twenty four rounds, if you look at just that number, um, Hovland is better. But the last twelve, the last eight, and the last four rounds, Colin Morikawa is much better. It's kind of funny how that, how that when you start looking at the trend line, it starts to look different. Uh, I mean, neither one of them are perennial scramblers of the golf ball. No, no, Um, no. They are improving, of course. But yeah. So a lot more to talk about in that range, obviously throughout the week and definitely in the nut hut. Let's move on to the 8K range here. Uh, let's see, we've got starts with Patrick Cantlay, Patrick Reed. Hideki has withdrawn uh, due to the COVID issues going on. Paul Casey, Will Zalatoris, Tony Finau, Webb Simpson, Scheffler, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, and Tommy Ladd returning to his homeland of uh, of England. The the home one of the home. Hometown boys here, uh, old Tommy Fleetwood. So I'll, I'll start here. This is a pretty straightforward range for me as well. I love Patrick Cantlay here. Absolutely love Patrick Cantlay here. Windy conditions, uh, you know, interesting green complexes with a lot of trouble being these bunkers. There's even a couple of greens where I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this. There's a couple of greens where if you go over them, you're OB. Like there's OB just behind the green here on this golf course. We didn't talk about that in the course breakdown. There's like two or three where if you fly it too much, you're, you're out of bounds. Um, I just think ball, like ball striking distance control is going to be paramount. And there is arguably none better on the PGA Tour than Patrick Cantlay, and I want it. I love the price. I love the value. I love the, I mean, the, 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 the win EV. At eighty nine hundred is fantastic for Patrick Cantlay. Um, he's got you know Ryder Cup. He's kind of on that. He's kind of in that bubble zone. He's in the ninth ninth spot at the moment. Um, so he's not locked in, but you know he's dancing around that top twelve. He's got a T twelve at the Open Championship in twenty eighteen. So he checks the box of having a good finish in an Open. I love him. Uh, and then I'm going to go with, uh, with Patrick Reed. I'm going the, the, the two Patricks, Reed and Cantlay. Call, call me crazy. I love these boys. I, I like to play them both. I love playing Patrick Reed in majors. Uh, I do think that people will play him. I don't think he's going to be super overlooked um, like he has been in other, in other tournaments. But everything we talked about that matters here, short game, around the greens, putting, grinder mentality, all that is uh is patrick reed so the two the two patricks up top i love them and listen i also think if if i were going to give my chalk report i think the chalk in this ak range is can't lay casey and reed so i'm I'm choosing to play two of the chalk names here um those are a couple of my favorite name a couple favorite names in this range i think they're they're head and shoulders above everyone else in this spot there's one other name in here that I almost said, and I'm very, is probably going to be in my player pool, but I'm restricting myself to two plays here. We'll see if you mention them. I think you will. And then my fade's going to be Webb, man. I mean, something, I think Webb's a little broken at the moment. I know that he's had, I know that he's been working on some swing issues, some bad habits. We mentioned his coach, Paul Tesori, Caddy, Paul Tesori. He's a friend of ours. I know they've been working on some stuff. He's, he's coming off a back-to-back miscut, so he doesn't arrive here in the form that you'd like to see. And he's just got kind of a meh open record. It's okay. He's got a couple of decent finishes. Nothing great. The around the green play, the approach play, and the putting all trending down. You know, they're not all terrible relative to the field, but they're trending the wrong direction as you look in the last 36, 24, 12, 8, 4, you know, events. Um, it's just or four, four rounds. So. I think Webb's a little broken and I'm not really interested. So that's the AK range for me.
1: Okay. Well, um jeez. Uh since you started, uh my two guys here were at the top, Patrick Cantley and Patrick Reed. Hey. So those were the two guys I had. So then I have to feel like I gotta I'll give you my third one. Do you want my third one? I feel like you were gonna say Scotty Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um I like Scheffler. I mean, I have a soft spot for Scheffler. He obviously uh, helped me win some money at the U.S. Open, but um, yeah. I don't know about him yet. Why not? I have a. I actually have a few hesitations about Scheffler. The, and First, that's
0: weird because normally, like you said, you love Scheffler, so I can't wait to hear what these hesitations are.
1: Well, take. I think you, you mentioned really early on in the show experience. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he does not have any experience here, for one. Now, I did just talk about Victor Hovland, <laughs> uh, but I do think Victor has a lot more experience playing overseas and around the world and that kind of stuff. Whereas I don't see that with Scheffler. So that's one thing. Um, you know, you look at Scheffler's greens and regulation right now, not very good. His bogey avoidance isn't great. I mean, he's 80th, 79th in the field there. Um, so there's just a few things about Scheffler that worry me a little bit. I, I you know, he is typically a pretty good driver of the golf ball. You know, one of the things I looked at for the U.S. Open were total driving stats, and he and John Rahm were head and shoulders above anybody in the field. Um, but still, he can tend to spray it a little bit. And I just—I don't know. Scheffler worries me. If he's super low owned, then I might look at playing him. But I have a feeling he's going to be a little bit chalky. I mean, he did shoot a deck. Did he almost? Did he almost shoot a fifty-nine at the Scottish Open? This he week? was like ten under through ten holes or something ridiculous. I mean he finished T twelve. Um he shot
0: two under today, thirteen under for the tournament. I don't know when I don't know when that uh let's see, round three he shot a sixty-seven. Round two he shot a sixty-three. Uh and yeah, in
1: round one he was he was uh All right, maybe, over. I don't know. I thought I saw he was like ten under through ten holes somewhere, yeah, but I don't know. That could just be European tour crazy. Yeah. Scoring shit. Um, um but yeah, so I do um my favorites though were Cantley and Reed. Well
0: let me let me let me sell you on Scheffler a little more, if that's okay. Cause I think he's an interesting name to sit here and talk about. You're right, he doesn't have experience. He does come in here in great form, as you mentioned. the T twelve at the Scottish. I like that he went over there and and got it got amongst it and got got comfortable with with playing over there and 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 doing his thing. Cause you're right, he probably doesn't have the experience that uh, Victor hovland may have had coming over there. Um, he's proven to do very well in major championships and in tough tough scoring conditions. The total driving thing, I, I, he, I think that's very valuable for him this week. I think that is extremely valuable because I think as long as he hits it, when I look here at, at, the, at these numbers, he's one of the best in this field when you look at driving distance and fairways gained on Fantasy National. He's 35th in driving distance and 65th in fairways gained, which, I mean, doesn't sound... I mean, you're like 65th in fairways game, but... I mean, it's the middle of
1: the pack. The-
0: yeah, and relative to other names, you'd be surprised how good that is. Like, Cantlay's 32nd in distance, 93rd in fairways gained. You know, like, you wouldn't think he was that far off. I mean, hell, Webb Simpson's 75th in fairways gained right now over the last 24 rounds, so... It's, uh... It's not bad, and I think that's gonna help him a lot because of the, at- the distance he has. He's gonna hit a lot of short irons into this place. Um so I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do with those opportunities. And the scrambling is pretty good. He's actually a good scrambler. And even recently, the, the sand play has been okay. Um, I just think this is a good spot for Scheffler. Yeah. And, and he's 12th. No, sorry. 14th in the Ryder cup standings. I'm sure he'd love to play for the U S in his first Ryder cup. Um, so he's on that bubble. He needs to work himself into that top 12 and, and, or at least be, you know, give himself as good a chance as possible to, to be considered as a captain's pick. I think that's got to be something that's on a lot of these guys' minds right now. So I like, I like Scotty Scheffler here, and, and I will most definitely have some shares of him. He wasn't in my first two because I feel like Can'tley and Reed are the two safest plays here.
1: Yeah, but are we trying to be safe to win a GPP, or are we just no. trying to— no, but I, but they're my
0: fa- I I say safe, but they're also, they're my favorite plays. I mean, I feel the best about Cantley and Reed. If I'm giving yeah. you my favorite plays in this range, those are the two I feel the best about.
1: No, I mean, I do too. That's why they were some, okay. The yeah, guys. I li- my fade, by the way, was Willie Z. Freaking Willie Z. What the hell, man? <laughs> what? He's just got so much going for him, and I, I, I just... The putting with him really concerns me this week. Um... You know, we talk about guys that are, you know, playing their, you know, their first time here in an open championship. I think of the most vulnerable of them, it's it's Willie Z. You know, I I think that, um, you know, we've seen his play just kind of fall off the last few weeks. Um, He's played a ton, obviously, this entire year. Uh, So for me, and it's it's, it's more of a feel kind of gut thing there. I don't think his ownership is going to be that high. I don't like that price at eighty five hundred either. I think it could be a little bit lower for him. So Willie Z is going to be my fade. Uh, and I don't mind the web fade. I think that's a little easier one to predict, but uh Willie Z will be my fate.
0: Um, any other thoughts on on other guys in this range that you think
1: should I be? I mean, we got ten guys. So I know. It, it's it's the the three that are gonna be interesting are Scott, Rose, and Fleetwood hmm like is that are those three guys now rose is not but could adam scott or fleetwood entice you just a little bit
0: no Uh, listen i
1: because you're gonna get really low this is rare
0: this is rare because so many dfs talking heads love tommy fleetwood but i've never been a tommy fleetwood guy i've never been a tommy fleetwood guy i've never been tempted by him He's not a guy that's lost me a bunch of money through the years. It just hasn't happened for me. Now I have other guys that I have been, and they've lost me a bunch of money, but I can't say that about Tommy Fleetwood. I'm rarely tempted by him. I feel like he, 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 you know, constantly underperforms and an interesting status. I think you've only had one Englishman ever win uh, at uh, ever win at this golf course in 15 attempts at Royal St. George's. So, if you want to go like, oh, he's the hometown Englishman. I mean, there's a lot of those guys here. Paul Casey's another one. Justin Rose, Matt Fitzpatrick. In a minute, we're going to talk about. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's plenty of those guys here, and he did just have a decent week at the Scottish. But I just feel like he constantly underperforms in majors. So I just don't get, I just don't get Tommy Fleetwood. And Adam Scott pisses me the hell off.
1: See, Rose pisses me the hell off because Rose, I could just see.
0: I'm not that tempted all, by all him either. All of a either. sudden,
1: I feel like Rose just like like looks like a weekend golfer and then all of a sudden you'll see him at a tournament like the Masters or something and he just shows up and I'm just like, "What the hell? Where did
0: that come from?" The only one I can, I guess I could if out of those 3, Scott may get me. Scott could maybe get me. He could maybe tempt me here. He needs to put the driver away though. He he needs to club down on some of these holes. Like his his driver is not good right now. But I
1: mean, he did not been playing terrible. No, he has not. He is not. Top 15 at the Travelers, 35th What's at the U.S. Open.
0: Total. 16
1: uh, at Memorial.
0: Let's look at his total Open Championship record here. Let's see. God, he's, played, he's got a great Open record. I mean, he's got a, a runner up in 2012, third in 2013, fifth in 2014, 10th in 2015. That 2012 to 2015 run was pretty sick. Then a 43rd, 22nd, 17th, and a miscut in 2019. Damn good open record, though. But it's been a while, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, I maybe could get it, but it's going to be tough for me to play him and and not play, you know. that That's the thing about, like, could you make a very nice-looking, balanced lineup with, like, starting in the 8K range? Hell yeah. You know, you could can have Can'tley, Reed, Casey, you know? Somebody we else haven't
1: and, even mentioned we had mentioned he the, has a great open record. By the you way. know,
0: you could do that. I, I don't like doing that because I think there are two, there is way too much win equity in the nine and tens. Like you, I just think you need to have, you know, if you want to play Reed and Cantley in a lineup, if that, and then maybe that's going to be a popular stack. I don't know. But if you want to play those two in a lineup, I still think you got to have somebody in that nine, 10 K range. That's gonna bump up your your win equity there a little bit more um, before you get you get going. You know, you get down a little too cute, but you could have a really attractive lineup full of names if you just stayed real balanced in that eight K and high sevens. You could totally do that, but you know, and maybe I would do that, and maybe that's how I would have an Adam Scott lineup. But other than that, like it's Adam Scott, Scotty Scheffler would have to be like fifteen to twenty percent, and Scott would have to be like eight. For me to do that but if if Scheffler's like 12% you know because that's the thing is a field this deep the ownership's going to be pretty spread out once you get down here you get to this point like it's going to start getting spread out and I'm just not gonna I'm not going to sacrifice the guy like the upside of Scheffler which I think is better than the upside of Adam Scott um for a few a few ownership percentage points on Adam Scott
1: I don't uh... I agree. And F I just Justin Rose. Those three Rose. names are interesting right there. Scott, Rose, Fleetwood. All they're right there together. Mm-hmm. All Rose full on fade for me. Just I'm not even gonna Just not even gonna attempt it, huh? Not even gonna attempt it.
0: But uh, I can see
1: Fleetwood or Scott creeping in there.
0: Okay. Um Pat, let's talk about the, the 7K range, and I'm going to let you start this range off since, since uh, you got mad about the last oh two. Gosh, Before geez. you do, um, I will say this. We're talking about betting on a lot of players here, right, and playing DFS and all this stuff. And a lot of these guys, uh, you can bet on having a Fujikira shaft in their bag. So if you play golf, you play real golf, you know, you need a Fujikira shaft, just like a lot of these other guys. It's the most played shaft on the PGA Tour this season in any drivers or fairway woods or medals or whatever. And the Ventus is the number one shaft model on the PGA Tour. It's been used to win all three uh, on all three U.S. tours, the PGA Tour, LPGA, and Champions Tour, and the European Tour. Notable guys using the Ventus? How about uh, Dustin Johnson? Rory McIlroy, ever heard of him? Jordan Spieth, Adam Scott, we just talked about. Sergio Garcia. It's available in three models with a wide range of weights and flexes for any golfer. If you're a Tour Pro or a weekend warrior, the Ventus could, uh, could probably work for you. It'll help you find the center of the club face more often for better consistency and distance. Pat, you need the Ventus. I don't know if you have it in your, shaft, in your club yet, but you need to put it in there. I know you have it. You need to put it in your club. Get you off the toe a little bit. Ventus with the Velo Core is the performance standard for club fitters. So find a local fitter at FujikuraGolf.com and check them out on Instagram at Fujikiragolf. That's F-U-J-I-K-U-R-A, golf. Fujikiragolf.com. Check out the Ventus. Good shaft, good shaft, good people, good good trusted club company. All right, Pat, hit me with the 7K range and uh, the range where, you know, you got Shane Lowry, your defending champ, Fitzpatrick, Joaquin Neiman's up in there, you know. Matt Wolf's in there, but he withdrew, so heads up there. Lee Westwood, Daniel Berger at $7,400, possibly one of the chalkiest 7K players of all time is in there. Uh, your boy Francesco Madonati is in there. Bubba Watson's still listed, so don't worry about that. He's withdrawn. Ricky Fowler's got his, I think this is the last open he can play in under his current exemption, so he better do something. Guido's in there, down there at 7,100. Russell Henley, Ian Poulter just played well. Uh, Corey Connors, Zach Johnson, Henrik Stenson, those, those are just some of the guys here in this range. So why don't you tell us a few of your favorite plays. We're probably going to talk about a lot of
1: names in here. So get everybody yeah, get well, comfy. Yeah, there are a lot of names that we can even talk about. I know Matthew Fitzpatrick is going to be one that everybody's going to really be on this week, I think. Um, He was not in my uh, listed three GPP plays, but I do think Fitzy is a good play this week. I think he will probably be one of the chalkier guys here at 7,900 coming off of a very good week at the Scottish Open and in good form this year, uh, pretty much the entire year. Um, but I'm going to drop below there and I like Joaquin Neiman at 7,700. He was second at the rocket mortgage lost in that playoff there. He is a guy now, this is a range where I start to think of guys as being, there's, there's a little bit of a gut to it. There's more form, uh, as far as some of these guys, I like not, they may not check a ton of boxes as far as the stats are concerned, but Neiman is, he can just, he can work his ball. He is a great ball striker. He's a good putter. Um, so I think Neiman, even though he missed a cut in the last open championship that he played, which was two years ago, um, I think he makes a lot of sense coming in in the form that he's in. Um, you know, you look at a guy like, like I said, a great ball striker, good putter. Uh, you look at bogey avoidance. He's top 20 in the field. I like Neiman a lot at 7,700. I will Kind of wonder what his ownerships going to be like. I don't. Um,
0: I don't think it's going to be great. I mean, I don't think it's going to be like too much. I want. No. I, I want to chime in here on Neiman because I looked at him. The ball striking super attractive. The putting is good. He sucks around the greens for the most part. He played. He was really good around the greens at the Rocket Mortgage. I think he was. Uh, I mean, I think he was like a hundred percent scrambling for the week or something. I. I don't. I don't know about him though. I feel like Neiman has shown a propensity to feast on the easier courses. If you look at his his tough course track record, he doesn't have as many good finishes as I want him to have. He's got a bunch of made cuts. Um, he's got a couple top 25s. But it just it seems like he he's feasting on these birdie fests. I could be wrong. I'm just, just perusing his... Uh...
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, 31st at the US Open on a very difficult course um, in which he started very bad the first day. I think he shot four over the first day and then really you know, came around the rest of the week. Um, Neiman is just a guy, though, if you, if you talk about, you know, controlling your ball, yeah. this guy can do all kinds of things with his ball. I mean, he r- really just can flight it how he wants to, um, just is in complete control of what he's doing there. So I like him a lot this week. I mean, uh, if I the wind picks good. up and he's on the right side of the draw, you're right. I mean, the way,
0: as low as he hits it, that little low runner that he hits, is very enticing if if these yeah. were, if the conditions were a little more firm like we thought too that'd be interesting we'll see you know we'll hear from our friends on the ground like if it dries up a little bit by wednesday that could be interesting for him you're you're right it's a sexy yeah. he's a sexy name there because you feel like he's got so many he's got chops like he could get it done
1: yeah no i agree um Oh, man, Um, I'm going to go down actually a little bit cheaper here with two guys for you. And I'm going to start with Ricky Fowler at 7,300. I like Ricky this week. You know, we saw him play extremely well here last year or last time they played Royal St. George's. And we've seen some decent form out of him lately. I think he's going to be super low-owned still. If I get a high-owned Ricky Fowler, I'll just be pissed anyway and I won't play him, but I don't think we'll get that. Um, and this is definitely a gut feel here, but Ricky has always talked about loving playing overseas in these type conditions on these type courses. I think he has a good natural feel for these type courses, so I, that's a that's just that's good enough for me. I'll play Ricky Fowler and then Brandon Grace at seventy two hundred. Yeah, Brandon Grace is you know he won earlier this year in Puerto Rico. And it's just quietly having a really good year. Top 10 at the U.S. Open. Fourth at the Memorial. You look at the stats for him. I mean, they're all pretty good. He's top 10 in the field in scrambling. Top 40 in approach. Fifth in bogey avoidance. He's a good putter. 22nd in stroke gained putting over the last 100 rounds. I think Brandon Grace makes a lot of sense on this course. And then you just look at the, uh, you know, the open championship history, not only does he have what the scoring record in an open championship where he shot 61, 62 or whatever it was when he finished top 10 a few years ago, uh, you know, has a top 20 in 2015 T 51, the year, um, Shane Lowry won it, uh, a couple of years ago. I love Brandon grace at 7,200 this week. And then my fade is actually a guy that we've seen, uh, play well last week uh or at this or this week today at the scottish open and that is uh ian poulter Mm. yeah gonna fade ian poulter at 7200 he by the way has a terrible open championship record when you look at the last five years he does have a top 15 but three missed cuts in the last five years here uh you look at sorry excuse me You look at the stats, you know, 72nd in approach, 103rd in greens and regulation, 93rd in bogey avoidance, 103rd in ball striking uh, when you look at um, windy AF conditions. I do love his scrambling ability. Ian has always been a great scrambler. I think he could be a little bit higher on, though, at this low 7K range coming off a really good tournament at the Scotland Open or Scottish Open. And I will, uh, I'm going to fade Ian Poulter this week.
0: hmm okay okay interesting you talked about ricky our girl nita is watching live on youtube shout out nita and dfs trash talk she's i I think she i think you you triggered her with the ricky talk she's struggling it's tough it's really tough i'm with you nita actually it's it's triggering to talk about ricky i don't know pat i think i might just save myself the headache because i feel like you know if i don't play him i can avoid likely a lot of pain if I don't play him and he does well, or he like he won. I mean, could you imagine?
1: Although like, I don't he, think he's going to win. But and you're not looking it. for a winner just, here just in the seven K
0: Just think about it. Stuart sinks won twice this year. Harris English has won twice this year. Phil Mickelson won a major at 50. Uh, I mean, Ricky Fowler, like winning his first major would not be the, probably wouldn't be the weirdest thing that happened so far this season. But yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But if it did, I at least like him enough. I'd be okay with losing all my money yet watching it happen. I think I'm okay. I think I'm going to be fading Ricky, but I like the call. I like the call. I, we got to talk about a, a handful of names here before we get into my, you know some picks I like. I mean, Daniel Berger at the price of 7400 is DraftKings giving everyone a big old temp, temptation biscuit. You know what I mean? If uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. Him and Sam Burns, which we've not got to the 6K range, but I mean, him and yeah, Sam Burns. I don't burns, really like
1: Burger this week.
0: At 7,400, you don't mm-hmm. like Berger?
1: No. I think he could it, it, I think he could be the one that like really just crash and burns. Take a lineup. guess
0: what Daniel Berger's world golf ranking is.
1: I don't care. I, mean, I know you don't care. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to be like,
0: I don't give a shit what is world golf. Just take a guess what it is. 14 he's 16th in the world that is that is sandwiched between Victor Hovland Webb Simpson Tony Finau Hideki Matsuyama and he's 7.4 thousand on DraftKings that's what I'm saying like you get a world-class player who does play well in windy AF conditions I bet if you look on Fantasy National who does play well out of the out of the sand who is a good ball striker uh you know who is in decent form. And, and is also on the Ryder Cup bubble. He's currently 12th, right there on that 12th spot on the Ryder Cup at $7,400. Like there is no one arguably in the entire 7K range that has as good a win value as Daniel Berger. And he's 7,400. So it's, I think between him and Sam Burns at 60, whatever he is, like 64, 63, those two names are two names that DraftKings either intentionally got wrong they're intentionally priced there just to screw with everybody or just somebody wasn't paying attention. But those are two names you are going to have to take a stand on at some way, somehow, because they're, they're too good to just like act like they're not there. Like you either have to basically say, I'm going to, I don't care, eat the chalk on these names because the savings is so good. Or when you see ownership projections and they are in the, they're up there. Like, cause I think they will be, um, you just go. All right. Well, I'll just take my chances on the two young guys and 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 bounce. But I mean, starting off here with Berger, I think it's it's he's very tough to avoid at seven seven thousand four hundred. I mean,
1: Berger. He so he just finished the John Deere today. Yeah, he's traveling over. I'm plenty of people. Plenty of people do that. Of, I'm never a huge fan of the travel narrative and things like that, but. Is there anything? And I'm asking you this because I don't know. Maybe you know. Is there anything extra he's got to do to wait before he gets on the course because of COVID or things like that? Like uh, is there a day, is there any kind of day lag that he has to go through? Like no, I don't know. I'm asking this question because I don't know.
0: No, I don't. I don't think so. I've read about some of the restrictions, and the restrictions are ridiculous. So um, there's a lot of dumb stuff going on. But they the the charter does take a group of these guys to um, you know to to England. Uh, Now, you know, one ridiculous thing and something that maybe we should have said up front, like the rule is if anyone you're on a flight with tests positive for COVID, even if you are vaccinated, you are out. So like that could really F up your lineups in the middle of the round or in the middle of the tournament. If that if that comes down the pipe, if that happens, if someone tests positive. So if these guys fly over and the person that they're with is not even in their four-person bubble that they're allowed to be in all week, and the player is vaccinated, it doesn't matter. So it, this could be a weird situation. This, this week could go very south if something like that happens. But no, I, 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 am not, I have not read anything about you know, restrictions when he gets over here. But dude, pull up, his, pull up his, his, you know, all his recent tournaments on Fantasy National and look at the approach numbers. And look at the off the tee numbers. Like the ball striking is incredible. The putting numbers are incredible. Like he's literally almost doing everything very, very well. Seventh at the US Open. Not a great PGA. Okay. Um, ninth at the players. Won the Pebble Beach Pro Am earlier this year. He, he's, he's just been playing so good, man. Does you it- don't
1: have to tell me this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Two, the two guys that I put. In my lineup at the U.S. Open were Berger and Scheffler, but it was because they were coming in a little bit under the radar, then it, a guy, you know, if we get a, a super high-owned burger at 7,400, I may choose to fade that. But as the week went on for the U.S. Yeah. Open, he was a lot less owned, and so I yeah, liked him, and, and I liked all the numbers that were there that you could, you could, you could cite them all to me. Yeah. I, I get it.
0: And I'm not saying if Berger were where he should be, which is, up there near Victor Hovland and Tony now. if he were up there in the you know, high eights to low, like low nines, probably high eights. If you're in like the mid to high eights, he may not, uh, you know, I, I may be like, eh. But I mean, the price savings that you, the, the, the savings you get at 7,400 is super tempting. You are Everyone is going to have to make the decision on him and Sam Burns. I just, I just feel like it because the savings is too good. Anyway, I think that's a name you had to talk about. I think the other chalky name in the 7K range is going to be Fitzpatrick, like you said. And he is coming off, you know, missing out on a win at the Scottish. He lost in a playoff. Um, But he has played well all year, as you've mentioned. And I really like Fitzpatrick. I think he's a good player. Uh, Pat, you're going to get a beer. Okay, great. Give me one while you're at it, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Fitzpatrick has been playing well all year. He checks a lot of boxes. He really does. He's another one that's uh, on the Euro side. He's ninth in the Ryder Cup bubble um you know trying to hang, trying to hang on or at least lock up a Ryder Cup spot for himself he's just played so well he's added some distance off the tee i like him but let me give you a name that i think is a little bit of a pivot play in the top 7s and that is the aussie mark leishman uh, at 7700 leish his open championship record is interesting runner up in 2015 top a uh, fifth place in 2014 a sixth place in 2017 other than that not good. So it's kind of feast or famine for Mark Leishman um, at the Open. But we've seen a little bit of uh, you know, we've seen a, some struggles a little bit this year with Leishman. We've seen some missed cuts at the players, at the API, a couple tournaments he normally does well. Fifth place at the Masters, he came out and did, uh, made the cut of the U.S. Open, didn't do well. Finished third a couple of weeks ago at the Travelers, seemingly getting back on track a little bit for Leish. But here's what he does well: he's a great sand player, tremendous sand player. Okay. Um, pretty solid around the greens, and tends to be you know fairly uh decent with the irons. So I, I think Leishman is just a pivot play. I don't love him. I don't know that I play him in cash, but for a pivot tournament play, I think Leish is interesting. Uh, I am in love with a guy down there near in Ricky Fowler territory, also at seventy three hundred with the with Harris English, the Bulldog Harris English. I mean. What confidence does Harris English have to arrive here uh, at the Open after winning the Travelers, winning earlier this year at the Tournament of Champions? Um, And a lot of people may not know, this is actually his sixth Open Championship, and he's only missed one cut. You know, his, his best finish was a T-15 back in 2013, but his sixth Open Championship, one missed cut, but man, he has played so well. Third place at the U.S. Open. Uh, 21st at the Masters. I mean, Harris English is just doing a lot of things well right now. The putting is there. Around the green is there. Approach play is there. He's hitting a ton of fairways. The guy is just popping. Um, I love it. The total driving numbers are there for him. I think Harris, is a, Harris English is a great savings at 7,300 and may get a little lost in this range. Maybe not, but he may just be a little lost. If a bunch of people go up to Daniel Berger, you know, Brandon Grace, I, I agree with Pat, is a good name. Ricky Fowler, I don't know. I think he could be maybe a forgotten man down here. Uh, and finally, my, my last kind of sneaky, I guess, potentially sneaky tournament play is going to be uh, big Robbie Mack. Robert McIntyre at mm, 7,300. I like, I like what Robbie Mack is doing. T18, I think, this past week at the Scottish. He's another one on the Ryder Cup bubble. Uh, currently in tenth for the European Ryder Cup team, finished sixth at his first Open Championship, just uh, in well in 2019, I guess it was. We last saw Robbie playing the U.S. Open, uh, finished 35th, 49th at the PGA, 12th at the Masters. So um, you know, doing well there. He's got a pretty decent major championship record, and he's getting more and more experience, and he's probably uh, confidence is up more and more for. Uh, for old, for old Robert McIntyre. Okay, we are getting someone in the chat, Su- Suji style, and who knows? This guy could be totally making this up. The John Deere charter passengers take a COVID test before leaving, and again on arrival, don't know if they're forced to take additional tests if they're asymptomatic. So who knows? So taking a test before they get on the plane, uh, before they get on the charter, and taking another one when they get there. So um, the, the, the double swab is what's going to happen. So if Berger gets it, if somebody like that gets it, we're going to know quickly. Um. So let's see. Oh yeah, my fade in this range is going to be Jason Day, and I know he's playing better.
1: Oh, you hate Aussies! Oh, you hate Aussies! (laughs) DB hates Aussies. Let's put it in the chat. Put it in the nut hut. He faded an Aussie. (laughs) Blah blah blah. I
0: even though Jason Day is playing a little bit better lately, his open record is bad. He has one top fifteen in the open all time and that was in 2015 he's lost strokes on approach in more events than he's gained in 2021 distance is a little bit less of a factor for him here than it normally would be I, precision and accuracy i think is, a, is more of a must and he, he's not really doing that that's why he's having to scramble his dick off so i think day he, despite the good couple of tournaments that he's had lately i think this is a different animal for him
1: the open is clearly Didn't not surprised you that he's not good here it I feel does. like a guy like Jason Day should be good here. Great scrambler, yeah. you know. Good, you know. Yeah, you know. Great total driver of the ball. Typically, you know, like all, everything that you think he could do well, or he should do well, it should be here, but he just doesn't.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it does kind of surprise me. Plus, this year you have all the COVID stuff, so he could withdraw. God knows what he could do. Um, so I'm out on him the 7k rangers tons of names in here well you know that this is where i really feel like you can get some nice leverage um i i think you know eating the chalk in the 8k 9k 10k you can you can do that um if you have to if you if you just must play the guys that are the most chalky names um but you can make up some ownership down here in the 7k but you can't play freaking you know Spieth and and uh rom and Fitzpatrick and Berger and Burns in a lineup. Like yeah, I guess you couldn't cash, but God, you're not gonna you're not gonna have any leverage in the tournament. So let's get to the six K range and button it up, Pat. Uh who are some names here in the six K? I talked about Sam Burns. I mean, the kid just played the Scottish, finished T eighteen. He's nineteenth in the Ryder Cup standing, so he needs to make a big push here in the next few weeks. And the kids, you know, almost won two events this year on the PJ tour. Um, no experience at the open, obviously, but Obviously a really solid player, stupid price for him. Now, you can talk about avoiding Daniel Berger at, at 7,400. There's no way you can that easily consider avoiding Sam Burns at 6300. Talk about him no. first.
1: No, Sam Burns, actually of these two, between the bur- you know, the Berger mispricing, quote unquote, and then the, the Sam Burns mispricing burns to me is the more egregious one and i think it's very hard for me to not uh you know at least he's gonna be in a lineup and i'm sure he's gonna be high owned. i don't care like the guy's just been playing fantastic this year um it's it's just a little bit ridiculous where he is i mean when you put
0: him in a lineup the names you can put with him and you look at that lineup it's very enticing but you everyone needs to know like that is going to be a go-to name in this range
1: yeah yeah, it is. Um but a few others because I know Burger is obviously one that everybody's going to talk about but um you know I like Kiz at 6900, yeah. you know, he, he's finished top 10 in his last two events. You talk about the Ryder Cup, you know, you come over here and you know he obviously is I still think i he's on the outside looking it. I know he really he like, I think he's like
0: Ryder 20th Cup. or to, he's
1: yeah, somewhere in there. But he could make up a lot of ground this week. I do like the way his game has has turned around. He has um he has a good open record. I mean, he was in contention a few years ago when Francesca Molinari yeah. won. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think plays well on courses like this. He is a grinder. Um, so now, come Friday, if he's just like, or even on the weekend, if he's just kind of not even in contention, like you're not going to get a whole lot of, out of kids. But if he's up there in contention, I think you can get a lot from him. So I like him. A couple of uh, European names, Aaron Rye. At 6,800. He is the guy that's been playing uh, very well recently. Um, he's one that I do like this week. And then Ryan Fox oh. is also another one that I think, you know, you're getting him at 6,600. <laughs> Last week, he'd finished 44th at the Scottish Open. He did min- miss the cut at the Irish Open. But then before that, top 15 at the BMW. Top 15 at the Scandi- Scandinavian Mixed, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> top 15 <laughs> at the porsche european open top 10 at the saudi international which was earlier this year in february but fox is one that's kind of popped in the past for the open championship he does have you know some history playing uh in this tournament uh you know long off the tee has a you know was 16th here two years ago t39 in 2018 t50 or t49 in 2015 fox has a little bit of experience and um is uh is playing well so i like him and then who else did i have i think that was it i think stewart sink makes a little bit of sense too he's up there at 6900 obviously he's won this tournament before in a year that pissed everybody off because tom watson didn't freaking win but still the way hit sink has been playing this year it's hard to avoid him at 6900 so there's some names for you
0: Yeah, a lot of agreement there. Fox also a really good, like, Link-style record over his career. He was one I had circled on. You, you snatched him from me. Agree with you a little bit on Sink. Definitely agree with you on Kiz. He loves the Open. Um, he's been over there preparing, ready to go. Obviously playing well. This does suit him very, very well. Short game, all that stuff. Love, love kiss here for sure. Um, I, our boy Joel Damon. I like Joel. He's been over there for a few days now. Geno's over there. We've been texting him a little bit. Uh, Joel's hitting it well. He's confident. The Around the green play, the, the bunker play's been okay lately. Very accurate driver of the ball. I like Joel here. I think he's an interesting name. Um, Lucas Glover. <laughs> I mean, played here in 2011. Winner. W- winning the John Deere. Getting on the charter. Now, he was in the open before winning the John Deere. He was already in. But, I mean, he is a major champion. A lot of people forget that. Lucas Glover. Um, I, he's hitting the ball well. And what's crazy is he's, he's putting. He's actually putting well lately, which is super weird to, to say. Uh, but he gained strokes now in his last five golf tournaments with the putter. I'm not sure what's happened, but uh, you might want to go ahead and you know kiss your loved ones and uh, get, get in your bunkers. But, Glover's an interesting one. If I want to throw out a couple of Euro names, Lucas Lucas Hair Bear, uh, or Care Bear Hair oh, Bear. I, um, I mean Herbert. He's... Herbert, yeah. I don't know why I said Hair Bear. He's uh, T 4 You We're just trying to
1: get fancy. Maybe I was. I was. just you get into those names, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna. No. Next on
0: the T, Lucas Hair Bear. T four, the Scottish, just coming off a of victory. He's got one ear that sticks out further than the other. And that's interesting. He's an Aussie, actually. Uh, Herbert is. So I don't. I shouldn't have even said Hair Bear. I should have said he, he, Lucas Hibbit. No, hit. Oh, sh- I just lost it. I don't know. Anyway, he's playing really, really well right now. He's got to be confident coming into this thing. And who else? Dean Burmister gets me a little bit. He's kind of an old European stag, mm. you know, faithful guy in European Tour DFS T35 at Scottish. He hits it a long way. Aggressive player. Um, and got a little bit of a Lynx record as well. And then Sam Burns. I mean, hell, Sam Burns, geez. I think Sam and Kiz are going to be your popular plays in this 6K range for sure. Um, so there you go. There it is. There's the picks. It's a long show, but, you know, it's a, it's a good one. We'll do the betting show tomorrow night. The betting show drops Monday night. Uh, we got TJ After Dark over on the DraftKings channel. Don't forget the Nut Hut. Thanks to our, our, our nut, nut Up or Shut Up contestant, Allen for playing along. Uh, it's been a fun night. We appreciate it. It's going to be a great week. The Open Championship, one of our favorite weeks of the year. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, leave us a comment, tell us you like the show, or just comment for the algorithm. I know some of you smart asses are just going to write that in there, so just do that. That's fine, too. Uh,
1: what else? Anything else? Great. Pat, you good? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm good. Uh, ready for the betting show. DraftKings later on this evening
0: so oh yeah Yeah. producer sam reminding me i am getting waxed on the betting show so my my body (laughs) is getting waxed because i lost a bet so you can watch that on youtube be sure to check that out yeah great all right awesome thanks yep thanks for listening thanks for watching may your screens be green for the open championship see ya